Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ante Up is your poker magazine dedicated to the everyday player and their poker rooms. Pick up a free copy at your favorite poker room nationwide each month. But Ante Up is much more than a magazine. Visit AnteUpMagazine.com daily for breaking news and each week download our award-winning poker cast. Join us on our action-packed poker cruises to exotic destinations. Ante Up, it's your poker magazine. From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's July 3rd, 2020. You're listening to the best poker cast on the planet. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. So we got the grandkids here today, and uh, we had them here yesterday. They slept over. So uh, my grandson, he... Uh, He's like uh, 12 now, and he he loves poker. He loves to play. Matter of fact, he came into my room today when I was getting ready for the show, and he's like, so can you tell me about this show? And I'm like, uh, sure. What do you want to know? He's like, what's it about? And uh, halfway through, he was yawning. So um, I don't know if we're going to pick up another listener from him, but uh, <laughs> we played poker together yesterday. We played heads up, and... He literally had the very definition of a bad poker face, and he couldn't stop laughing when he made a good hand. It was hilarious. He raised a hand, and the flop came ace-ace-jack, and all of a sudden he's got this huge smile on his face. And I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me. He's like, what, what? And I'm like, why are you smiling? He goes, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I'm like, what? What can't you do? He's like, I'm going to bet. And he bets. And I go, I'm going to fold. And he goes, of course you're going to fold because I just flopped three aces. I had ace king. And I'm like, you you have no poker face. He's like, I can't play poker for money. I'm like, no, you can't. Please do not play poker for money. You have no poker face whatsoever. And it just reminded me of, you know, it, it, it makes you understand that how innocent children are, you know. Yeah. And yeah. like like they, they don't want to lie to their grandfather. They don't want to <laughs> bluff him and but he enjoys bluffing he enjoys like trying to win the pot at the end but yeah, when yeah. he legitimately had a hand it was like he swallowed a hanger his, his smile was so big <laughs> you know it was like ear to ear and i just started laughing but uh it never ceases to amaze me when i play poker with the kids what i learn from them and then what 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 they show me so it, it got me back to like enjoying playing again you know i had fun with him yeah that's good and, yeah awesome. but uh yeah couldn't believe it he flopped three aces and he just he couldn't contain himself. He starts giggling. I'm like, oh, man, I'm folding. But I considered a call because I had a gutter to, to like, bust him. You know, I could have called that one bet, but I said, no, nah, I'm not going to bust my grandson in his hand. I'd rather have the conversation about his smile, you know. He's trying to conceal it now, but he's not doing well, a good job. I think that's also interesting when you I – mean, from adults because, I mean, it's actually a, an interesting way of looking at it because we – we all love to run a good bluff, right, and, and win a pot with nothing yeah. and know that we, like, we, we pulled one over on someone. 
At the same time, we get livid, right? When we have a good hand and somebody sucks out on us or does it to us, right? So yeah. that that's really that poker, you know. I mean, it, that that's a true poker emotion that that he's going through. <laughs> that, I think that, that people don't grow out of, <laughs> and they probably should. <laughs> <laughs> Can't win all the pots, right? No, so. that was it. Was just awesome. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So, uh, all right. Well, we seem to talk about writers a lot. Uh, people yeah. are writing about poker now, even if uh, not as many people are playing as we, we would like at this point. Um, so this week, uh, Hayden Vernon, writing on Vice.com, says he was inspired to emulate Maria Konnikova's a rapid ascent from novice to poker champion. But he ended up paying a bot to play for him and lifting the veil on some new some of these new play-for-free online poker sites that are being used by players to play for cash instead. On social media, Vernon is being criticized for not disclosing that what he did violates the terms and conditions of the sites he was playing on or just flat-out cheating. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is uh, I mean, one, this guy is basically publicly telling the world that not only am I a horrible poker player and I don't have any discipline whatsoever, but now I'm like, you know, I'm just calling in the question everything that is good about human nature and saying I don't give a shit, you know. That to me that was just gross that this guy. And you know, but he, on the other hand, he's exposing the systems too to say, look, I can still cheat, you know. And it's like every every other week we got somebody on there saying we can cheat. And yeah. it, it made me sad when I read it. It made me sad. But he's basically saying I'm not good enough, you know. Oh, I, I, I can do this. This is easy. No, apparently it's not. He thought it was boring, I think, right? Is that what he said? Yeah, yeah. I think he, he, he wasn't as uh, committed to the task that uh, uh, Konnikova was. But he what's he trying to cool. accomplish by writing about it? Unless he's well, trying I, to call was, a spotlight on you know, the cheating. Yeah, I don't, I don't know this guy at all, so I, I can't be in his head at all. I mean, I, I do know what, what vice they're, they're kind of... Mo, uh, modus operandi, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is so I, um, I I might be giving him too much credit uh, by saying this, but the thing that that was you know because I heard about this through the articles of people criticizing first, or read those first, and then I went back and read his actual article second, yeah, rather than the other way around. Um, and what I took away from this. I mean, obviously, yeah, I'm upset that this guy, you know, is lazy and decided to cheat and didn't think anything of it and blah, 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 right? Uh, but what I found most fascinating of it was the, the interaction. He, was, he, he detailed his conversations with the, the bot seller. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I never would have, I mean, I have no desire to buy a bot and cheat. That's just not what I want to do. But um, I will admit that I never even looked into it. <laughs> and so that that was a fascinating conversation that he was having uh with this bot seller i you know i didn't know you could go buy a bot i that's how stupid i am on it right so so that was super interesting to me and um um and then also uh these play for free sites because i've seen a bunch of these pop up during uh covid i have a bunch of people inviting me to join them i don't know what they are um i haven't you know i haven't felt like uh, i need to play during this so i haven't really looked into them um, but it was interesting to learn more about them and their, um, you know, their model that it's, you know, how they, how they're able to operate, um, and then how people are able to manipulate it, um, to still play for cash. Right. Yeah. So uh, at the end of the day, you know, whether you like the guy or not, or you think he should have written or not, 
I found it very fascinating and educational, and and it should be educational for people to read this. I mean, if this guy could just you know type a couple words in his uh, Google box and find a bot seller and buy a bot and play it, I, that's pretty concerning, right? Yeah. Well, that's I mean, why we should push for regulation. Yeah. Right. I mean, the regulation would would make sure that they put some sort of red flags in there, much better security, uh, all that kind of thing, hold people accountable for stuff. And uh, these free sites aren't doing that, for, certainly, you know. Uh, it just, I don't know, it just pissed me off because this guy, and I seem to be swearing a lot on the show today. I don't know what it is. This guy brings it on to me. But, um, you know, the fact that he's inspired to be this great poker player thinks it's easy because this woman did it, so why shouldn't I be able to do it? And then he finds out, yeah, it's actually hard, and you actually have to be talented, and you have to actually have a brain in your head. And he realizes he can't do it, or that it's just boring to him, which fine if you don't like it that's fine but then instead of just saying you know i can't do it instead let me cheat what is that what is that seriously i well, don't again, get it. yeah i mean you're right if if, if if i i i could be giving him too much credit uh, i fully admit that but i mean there there also is a a sense that um he, he could have written it this way for the very emotions that you're having right yeah, i mean yeah. he he, he uh, the way he wrote it, it, it was invoking emotion out of you. Whereas if, um, let's say, you know, to the credit that I, I, I'm trying to give him, even though I, I, I wouldn't. It would um, You do that he, to a fault on this show, I think. <laughs> you try to give everybody credit on this show. Oh, exactly. But I, mean, I, li- <laughs> but, but I like to think about things from different angles. And, um, you know, uh, so if you imagine this. If you did a straight article on how horribly easy it is to buy it and use a bot, and how these uh, sites that look like they're harmless because they don't cost any money to play on, but people are, are using them to have high-stakes games, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it would be the same information, wouldn't it? Um, but maybe not uh, not as effective, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, so I feel used. So it's possible that he could have written it this way to uh, uh, you know, get that kind of emotion rather than just a straight thing. Because that's not Vice's... Um, no, so, they're like edgy and crap. I yeah, know. but so, I, but still, now I feel like I need to take a shower just for putting this guy on our show. I'm I'm yeah, falling well, trapped I, to his crap. But no, I I mean, well, obviously, take a shower, cleanly, wash your hands, wear <laughs> your mask, and all that stuff, right? But uh, I'm not trying to discourage you from that. But um, uh, but again, it uh, the reason it's on the show is that people need to understand how easy it is to to use bots. I think. Um, and and if you're on these sites and somebody invites you to a free play site and you get on, the next thing you know, you get an invite from somebody that hey, we're using this to play uh, cash, you know, just Venmo the money here, blah 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 blah, right? All that stuff, yeah. and then the next thing you know, you wake up and your money's gone from someone that took advantage of you because you you fell down this rabbit hole and you didn't pay attention to how far you're sliding, right? Yeah. So those are all good lessons. I mean, whether it happens or not, but. Um, you know, I, I mean, we're certainly not putting this guy on our shoulders like at the end of Rudy, right? <laughs> so, which, by I, the way, I, was fake. I Most of that movie is phony. <laughs> uh, so that well, pissed composite. me off too. Yeah. You just keep bringing up stuff that pisses me off. Yeah, but you know, so I, to me, that's the lesson for our listeners. It, it's not uh, forget about Hayden Vernon and Vice, but um, you know, I, I would encourage you to go read this and just educate yourself on on what the world of online poker can be um, if it's not, you know, regulated well. So. Yeah. Wild, wild west. Yeah. 
All right, here's this week's update on casinos and poker room reopenings, and I believe we are above 110 poker rooms now that we've confirmed uh, open uh, C to Shining C. Uh, in Nevada, Aria has reopened his poker room, and Boulder Station, Red Rock, and Santa Fe Station will reopen their poker rooms on August 3rd. In Mississippi, Horseshoe Tunica has reopened its poker room. In Florida, Casino Miami has reopened its poker room. In Washington, at least seven card rooms have reopened. And uh, in Minnesota, Canterbury Parks card room will reopen on July 9th. And uh, once again, I'll remind you, we've started a reopen webpage at antiupmagazine.com slash reopen. A listing verified details on casino and poker room reopenings. If you have any updates, please email us at editor at antiupmagazine.com. And, of course, every Tuesday, we're also sending out that uh, weekly e-blast with updates as well, too. You don't want to be bothered to coming to our website every day. Although, please do that. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> so it, it, the numbers are slowing a little bit, right? Uh, yeah. Um, but I but I think we're in this weird spot now where I think the rooms that we're eager to reopen have already. Um, we have another group of rooms that probably want to reopen but aren't allowed to by law, like, you know, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so until those that are permitted to, they're not going to be able to reopen. Um, so... Uh, yeah, there's just not a lot of room to move this needle right now until some of those regulations um, get lifted. I think so. Um, I don't. I don't think it's a bad thing that uh, the report is a little lower this week than it has been. I guess is what I'm trying to say. No, it's expected, and it's just a it's just a cautionary thing. I mean, I think this is what's going to happen now for a while, especially with the numbers kind of spike. Kind of the numbers actually spiking again. You know, I think some of these rooms are like, okay, let's. Let's just keep writing this out and wait a little bit longer. And um, so I think this is what's going to happen. I think next week we're going to have like four or five rooms again. We might even have some that are closing again. You never know. So you're right. This is the way it's going to go for a while. And then if something significant happens, like a, I don't know, vaccine or something, then the rest <laughs> will all pour in. But uh, like you said, until those states open, there's a lot of rooms in those states. So yeah. Yep. Um, but okay. Uh, any updates? Papes, the NAEP fans' free online tournament series on PokerStars Play Money site is available everywhere. Details on how to join can be found at bit.ly slash P-A-I-P-S. Games are the 6th, 16th, and 26th of every month and rotate disciplines with a main tournament followed by a second chance event. PokerStars lets you claim 15,000 free chips every four hours. Join the NAEP fans' group Facebook page and post within the group to get feedback on hands, Ask call the floor questions or just discuss anything poker. Check out our 11 vintage Antioch logo designs on merchandise at antiochmagazine.com slash shop. Buy t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, phone and laptop cases, coffee and drink mugs, and more with your choice of Antioch Magazine, Antioch PokerCast, Antioch PokerTorial logos. And don't forget, if you have a hand of the week, listener spotlight or call the floor submission, email us at podcast at antiochmagazine.com or post an Antioch fans group on Facebook. Each week we spotlight a listener who emails us, and if they haven't won something from us in the past year, just like we do with Call the Floor and Hand of the Week, we send us something cool. This is John Warner. I think we're going to get into it with John Warner here. <laughs> he says, hey guys, thanks for keeping the show going through all this quarantine stuff. I have enjoyed all the new content and gone back to a few old episodes to listen to Hand of the Week again, too. It made me realize there is something I always think to mention when you guys play weaker hands, such as A6, Queen Jack, etc., so usually you say up front you would probably fold preflop, which I agree with. But when you end up in the hands, I think we have different philosophies and would like to hear your feedback. 
So whenever you hit these hands, you end up wanting to bet big and take it down, saying, quote, we shouldn't have been in the hand anyway, so let's be happy we won 25 bucks. I have always thought the opposite. You win so rarely with these hands that to make up for the losses, you need to win big pots when they finally pay off. Okay, you go first. All right, I'll say, well, we haven't published an issue in 12 months, it seems like, so 25 <laughs> bucks is 25 bucks, John. <laughs> I am uh, glad to win $25 right now. <laughs> I'll gladly hands got 12.50 and call it a win. That's a month of ramen noodles, John. <laughs> Gonna give me through. <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, so a couple things I would say. Um, one, I, I believe it's fair criticism. I mean, it, it is um, you know, one of the difficult things with doing a podcast versus a live show, right, is you don't get the immediate reaction from an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which, you know, you watch this during quarantine, you watch all these great comedic actors, and it just doesn't translate well when they're recording from home, right? There's no laugh track. Or no <laughs> laugh track, exactly. So, yeah, so there's no immediate feedback um, on this. So, um, and then, of course, you know, uh, we, you know, if you take it in aggregate months, years of listening, um, it, it, it's, it's quite possible that, that that's exactly what we sound like. Now, um, now that I'm defensive, but I would say one of the reasons I, I think maybe uh, I, I, I keep saying that is that um, uh, I, I'm more worried about getting stuck in a hand that I shouldn't have been in. So maybe that's what's not being communicated correctly. So, you know, so yeah, let's say we, we limp in with a six, which we shouldn't have, but then we hit, uh, a six, uh, three, say that maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the reason I want to get out of that hand quickly is that the hand is vulnerable now. You know, any card coming, the next one could be an, uh, the card that outkicks us with somebody else with another higher ace, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't want to get lured into the fact that I got into a hand that I shouldn't have, hit it hard, and then think that I'm going like, to prevail all the way to the end. So I would rather um, shut down my, that mistake, take what I can get. Um, but, you know, I get what he says. You know, hey, you know, when you hit bad hands like this, then you should milk it. I mean, at the end of the day... Our, our goal always is to get as many chips um, in every hand we play, right? So uh, if we're giving off a, a vibe that that's not what we're trying to do, then that that's wrong. And I, I don't think we are, but if we are, that's wrong. But, um, but you know, it, it's not just winning as many chips. It's also losing um, less chips than you have to. That's the other way you got to look at it. So, right, maximize uh, your wins and minimize your losses. Yeah. So again, so like in that scenario I just gave you, I mean, I would much rather not have to continue playing that hand at the turn and river, and give some folks a chance to um, to beat me at it. I, I would rather get out of a bad situation as quickly as possible. But right. So here. let's let's just take a, a little step further. So we'll use your example of a six. First of all, he just says when you hit the hand, he didn't say you hit it hard. So well, a lot of yeah. times when we get into a hand and we hit an ace with a six, you know, you don't want to get so invested in this hand. If you could take it down now, you'd rather because, like you said in your example, where we hit two pair aces up, even then it was a six tray. If we had gotten to that hand, there's no way we got into that hand for a raise. We probably limped or was on the big blind and got to see the flop for free, which means easily four or five is out there. And so if you could take it down now and win 25 bucks – You'd be happy rather than seeing the turn for a cheap price 
or for whatever price they dictated, and then boom, they make their their open ended straight. We're stuck with aces up. We lose half our stack or all of our stack instead of winning twenty five and being happy to win it. To me, I don't want them catching up. Also, yeah. I don't think Queen Jack is really that weak of a hand. I, I, I and I'm not. I shouldn't. When I say you shouldn't have been in a hand, Queen Jack is not a hand that I would ever say I shouldn't have been in a hand in with, unless I did something stupid. You know what I mean? There, there's no yeah. called a big raise. Yeah, if, there, if there's under the gun raise and then there's a re raise. And you're in the hand with Queen Jack? Yeah, you did something stupid. You shouldn't have been in the hand. But generally, when I'm playing Queen Jack, or someone, one of our listeners, is playing Queen Jack, it's situational, and they were supposed to be playing that hand. You don't ever really back into playing Queen Jack unless you're in the blinds and it limped around to you. So for me, I agree with you. I think it's I'm in a hand that I probably shouldn't have been in, but I was forced into the hand because of pot odds or because I was in a big blind. And or I made a move and it didn't work and somebody called me. So at the same time, I'm like, okay, but if if I could somehow now hit because if you hit your ace with a six and that's all you hit, you really have to worry about your kicker problems. Oh yeah. So if you somehow won twenty five bucks instead of losing, you'd be happy about that. We we when we do say that, it's like Scott said. I I want we utter that phrase. It's generally because we don't want to get sucked out on or we don't want to get so deep into a hand that we can't get out and it turns out that they were walking the dog the whole time because we were stupid enough to to call a raise with a six or or whatever so i I, it's not that we have different philosophies i always want to maximize the value of my hands but when my hands aren't really that strong i'd be happy to win 25 bucks with it than to lose my my whole stack that's what i think we that's yeah the risk first reward right yeah exactly you know, we've got a reward now. We we've earned a reward from a weak hand. So do we do we take that or do we risk it to try to get more, um, knowing that it's a weaker hand, right? So I mean, uh, that, that the risk goes up with a weaker hand, even if you did hit it on the flop. So, but yeah, right around now is when my grandson started yawning. So we got to spice it up a little. <laughs> Let's bit. Move it on. All right. <laughs> Find yourself in a situation at your favorite poker room or home game? You're not sure what the proper ruling should have been? Email us at podcast at antiupmagazine.com. We'll have Hollywood Casino Toledo director of poker, Elliot Schechter, tell you how he would have ruled. This week's prize is set up a J-Design playing cards, the official playing cards of any of poker cruises, available at classicplayingcards.com. Comes from Rick Barnes. He was in a tournament at his local club, shoves on the river with ace-king, which made his hand ace-high. Then he gets called by his lone opponent, uh, this is where things get interesting. Since I only had ace-king, he says, I knew nobody would call with a worse hand, or so I thought, so I threw my cards face down about halfway to the dealer and said, you got it. Before the dealer had time to act, my opponent showed his cards, and they were read out loud as Jack High. Jack High. Jack High. I, <laughs> that was funny, Scott. That was funny. I think even my grandson would be laughing at that. Uh, he says, I replied that I could beat Jack High and reached out and flipped up my cards. <laughs> he said, the floor was called, and I was awarded the pot. This tournament requires that all cards be shown in an all-in situation. All tournaments should, I think. Um, he said, I usually call out my intent whenever I act, uh, just out of habit and to prevent ambiguity. If I had declared you got it, I fold, what would be the ruling? Does the verbal declaration hold as usual? All right, Elliot says, in tournament play, during an all-in situation when the betting is complete, all hands must be tabled prior to the pot being awarded. You had no ability to concede the pot after your all-in bet was called, regardless of your verbal declaration and discarding of your hand. If the hands are not shown in these situations, the remaining players would have no idea if one of the players left a showdown were attempting to dump his chips to the other. 
Combine that with the fact that your cards were identifiable and retrievable, your hand was still live and in contention for the pot. Your verbal concession was reduced by the rules to an inadvertent and unintentional slow roll. Even if you had declared fold, it wouldn't have mattered. There was no bet that you ca- that you caused you to fold as the action had ended. Yeah, th- this this was interesting when I was talking to my grandson because he's like, I don't understand. Why doesn't the jack win? He showed his hand. The other guy didn't. I'm like, yeah, but it's an all-in situation. And I'm like, I'm going to teach you a very important word in poker. It's called collusion. <laughs> and he's like, what's that? So when I explained it to him, he kind of liked it. He's like, oh, that sounds cool. So you and I can go to a poker room. We can collude. I'm like, no, no, no. Listen to me. That's cheating. It's unethical. You're not supposed to do this. This is what the rules are in place for to prevent it. That's why you have to show your hand because if you didn't show your hand, you and I are going there. I want my grandson not to be eliminated from the tournament. If I see that my hand's going to beat his, I fold and then let him have the chips to stick around longer. We both make money. That's not right. That's illegal, unethical, colluding. And he's like, oh, all right. For a minute there, he saw a way to like fund his first car. You know, <laughs> this is easy. This is easy. I can call. Why make, else thought of this? Get myself a Camaro. <laughs> but uh, yeah, collusion is a big, big deal, and uh, we got to avoid it. So, okay. Yeah, hey, so, interesting. We get to complete O'Malley's move today. Here comes part one. We'll see you on the other side. another O'Malley's Move. I'm Malcolm O'Malley. This week we are playing $1, $2, No Limit Hold'em. We haven't been playing for long and sit with pretty much the stack we started with, $200. The game is eight-handed. The blinds post, the under-the-gun limps in. This player bought in for $200. he has been extremely loose, but other than that has really just kind of dwindled his stack down. He sits with $90. It's folded to us on the button, and we look down at the King of Spades, King of Diamonds. This is a great hand, but since there hasn't been a lot of interest in this hand, we have to get some money in if we can. We make it $8 to go. The small blind and big blind fold, but the end of the gun calls. There's roughly $20 in the pot, and the flop is the Queen of Diamonds, Jack of Hearts, Four of Spades. The end of the gun checks. This is a decent flop for our hand. If the under the gun had something like king-queen or ace-jack, we might be able to get some money out of him. We make it $10 to go. The under the gun calls after some thought. There's $40 in the pot, and the turn is the deuce of clubs. The under the gun once again checks. We're going to make a bet here, but one that I think will be for value. We make it $15 to go. After some thought... The the under-the-gun shoves for his remaining $57 on top of our $15 bet. So, we have an overpair on a dry board. What's the move? All right, it's going to be hard for me to lay this down for just $57 more, especially since the player has been described as extremely loose. It's quite possible he has two pair or a set, but it's also quite possible he has a single pair that is worse than ours. I'm calling. Well, originally I had just written one word here, call. But (laughs) hearing you earlier say $25 is a big deal to us... (laughs) <laughs> I'm thinking maybe I just fold and take that 57 and go to, you know, Sonic. You know, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's tough. We got kings. There's no overpair to us. It's not really that coordinated. And, uh, you know, somehow this guy's got something that beats us, as long as it's not a set. And even if it's a set, we still have outs. So um, I'm going to call, too. I, I would like to go to Sonic, but I think the wise thing here is to use those chips like tools and call. So here we go. Here comes the result, part two. Hello again. This spot sucks. 
I feel like we have the best hand. Maybe we're ahead of 10-9, or perhaps a queen or a jack, but it's also entirely possible we're hopelessly behind a set. I'm not sure exactly what to do here, but this board is safe enough that I think this is a call. If our opponent's stack was any bigger, we might have been able to fold. We call. Our opponent tables the queen of spades, jack of spades, and after a blank on the river, we lose the hand. Does this fall into the category of a cooler? Until next time, I'm Malcolm O'Malley saying sometimes you lose with pocket kings. It's best to just move on to the next hand. I hope to see you on the felt. All right, I don't think uh, I'd call this a cooler. We described our opponent as extremely loose. Uh, so these are the kinds of hands that kind of player would play for a limp while under the gun. Uh, again, to me, the call was more because of the low size of the bet. Uh, against these kinds of players, you're guessing more than you'd like to. So when your downside is minimized, you need to think about taking those opportunities. Yeah, I really don't fault the call. I would do it again. Um, and we still had plenty of outs. Uh, it's just tough to see those loose opponents get those hands and hit them when they're against us. You know, you love to watch them at the table and take yeah, all these other yeah. guys out. But when it happens to you, it sucks. But, uh, yeah, I would call again the same situation, I think. All right, it's uh, time for the advancedpokertrain.com hand of the week. Send your hands or situations to podcast at antiupmagazine.com. If you haven't won something from us in the past year, you get a free membership to Advanced Poker Training, the world's number one poker training site. This one comes from Dave Miller, and uh, it's an online hand on PokerStars. I believe this is a um, uh, free game, I, I think. Um, it's a tournament, so, but okay. the actual uh, details here. But Shove. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's what happens online, so, I, you know, these free tournaments. Uh, okay, so we have, um, uh, oh, man, I have to, this is one of those, uh, I like when the PokerStars hands are sent to us because it has all the information we need. Right. But it's also really hard to read on the show, so let me. Uh, I'll fill the uh, dead space uh, here with uh, uh, some humming or something if you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're in the, the small blind, um, and it looks like it folds around to us. Um, yes, it does. Um, okay, let me – I should have given you a chip, so let me start over. Gosh. All right, holy cow. I'm not editing neither. I'm leaving it in to All show right. that you're incompetent. So uh, this is a no-limit uh, online tournament. Um, uh, we are in the 1,600-3,200 level of it. And um, I don't have any more information on how many players are left or any of that kind of stuff. But we are sitting with uh, 61,832 in chips. And uh, I believe we are the chip leader. We are the chip leader. Wow. All right. So now it folds around to us, and uh, we are in the small blind with uh, the ten of diamonds, seven of spades. Well, clearly we've been playing well. And we won't have position. Uh, we have a crap hand. Uh, these are the types of hands that like, like Dan Negreanu and Tony G like. But um, did you, have you seen Tony G lately? He's lost a lot of weight. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, he's on my Facebook somewhere, and I was like, wow, I didn't even recognize him. Um, okay, so anyway, sorry for the <laughs> tangent. Um, I don't know. I mean, again, this all depends on stuff. If if I was playing in a hand in this and I knew the guy on my left in the big blind was short and was weak and folded to any kind of raise, I mean I would just raise. I'm the chip leader. I'll take it down, move on to the next hand, and you know have better position. So, um, I don't know. I, to me, it's like all right, whatever. I could do anything here. I could fold. Say let's just get on with it. I could call and just see a flop and hope I hit it good. And this guy hits it mediocre, and then we get some more money out of it. 
Or I could raise and try to take it down and represent because I'm chip leader. It just depends really on that player that's left to me to make it well, real. He, here's some thing. information about the player that's left. I mean, there's, I mean, he says he's just got moved to this table, so he has no information on the players. But what we do know is the big blind is second in chips at the table. Okay. So uh, you really don't want to screw with this guy if you don't have to. And if you do the math, we have about 19 big blinds, and he has 17 big blinds. So that's, that's actually better than chips and levels and stuff because that's really how we make our decisions right so this is why these online free tournaments things like that are so difficult because we were just saying i think a week ago about how the new shove number is 20 big blinds he's chip leader in the tournament and you're saying he can shove with that Uh, chip leader at the table oh at the table i mean but still i mean you're chip leader at that table you can only play your table you can't play the other table so shoving when you lead the table by a lot is hilarious here but it's actually within the numbers that people use now to think about shoving um so that's the other thing we could do here we could shove but i don't want to get too hurt by this other guy he wakes up with a hand that's worth calling with well yeah that's i guess why i added the extra information here because that a lot of that that really makes a difference here i think so yeah you're right um i i keep pitching the 20 big blinds is when you need to start you don't need to show, but you need to start really thinking about yeah. getting involved in the hand, whether you should show up in the beginning, right? So so we are at that point. But we're also uh, – we have the most chips at the table, right? So um, – and then so the problem is the last remaining player in this hand can uh, devastate us. It can't knock us out, but can devastate us, right? So, I mean, if we get, get involved all in with this guy and lose, we're down to two big blinds. Um, so we got to factor that in. Uh, we have a super premium hand, 10 of diamonds, 7 of spades. You know, so to me, this is just a spot. Now, when you're you're, everybody at the table is this low in chips, and you have to think of it that way, right? So we're the chip leader with 19 big blinds. So um, the the decisions that people make um, are, again, less about cards now and more about position. and also, when you poke a bear here, I mean, we have the, the ability to put some pressure on some of these smaller stacks because they know if they get involved with this, they're out. And even even the big blind, I guess, at this point, right? So, um, but at the same time, everybody is going to be desperate at this point. So if you raise any level at this point, you have to put it in the um, list of possibilities that somebody's going to shove back at you. So... So when you're looking at this hand now, let's say we we just raise it, you know, two and a half x or what we would normally do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if our opponent has any decent hand, he is he's not going to call it with 17 big blinds. He's going to shove. Right. So are you going to be comfortable calling that shove with ten of diamonds, seven of spades? Right. Uh, I, I, maybe you are. I'm no, not. No. So if you're not comfortable calling that shove, then why, when you only have 19 big blinds, even though you're the chip leader at the table, why would you be willing to throw an extra couple of big blinds away? Right. So to me, this again, this is a math problem. So there's no reason we need to um, stand our ground on this hill right here. We can fold this hand, and then the next couple of hands, we are in position against a bunch of desperate players. Um, the opportunities for us going forward are way better than this one so to right, me, this the very is, next hand you're going to be the button right is that that's true so why not just let it go and then use your power later with the big stack as the most best position on the table you know now i think the argument some people are going to have is like well you can call here because you're the chip leader and you know it's not going to cost you that much and if you hit any piece of this then you can feel pretty confident blah 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 
Um, I, but again, I think the problem with that is is you, you're starting with a weak hand, and this goes back to uh, what John Warner was saying. So you know, once you hit something like that, then you're committed to this hand. And I would hate to go from chip leader at this table to two big blinds uh, because I flopped a seven with ten seven in my hands and thought it was golden. So yeah, um, and you're gonna have a lot. You're gonna have a lot of opportunities for better spots. So let's just not. Uh, it's not it's just not get involved in this. It's all right to fold. It's all right to fold sometimes. Yeah, and that's that's what I was gonna say. Is that I, I would probably just fold and move on. But at the most I'm gonna do is commit to a, a call. I, I'm not gonna get crazy on here and 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 raise because again, like you said, if this person's doing the math that a lot of people do these days, he's gonna see a chance to double through you. Uh, and shove and then become a contender in this tournament because just because he's you know he's second at this table he could be third to last at the, from the you know I mean whatever the hell it is in the overall whatever so to me I think uh, I think yeah I, I, I'm gonna fold but I would probably limp if I was gonna play it now if if we've been playing here a while and we we knew that this player was a little bit more passive than the normal player. That might be a little bit different because then, because really at this point, that if you're calling, you're you're looking to kind of check this down as uh, or put it as few many as few chips as possible in this hand and still win it because you do have the big you blind, you have antes uh, it's a three hundred twenty ante here so you know there's a decent chunk of change in there, um, but I again I don't think I'm going to want to have to you're not going to get too many raise re raises when you get nineteen big blinds right it's going to get in pretty quickly so. Yeah. Um, so really, at that point, I think you're just hoping that you know it's it's blind versus blind, and neither one of you have anything, and you river a seven and you win this pot, <laughs> and hope that. But so that that's a lot to ask. So you know, we're, we're not desperate here, so let's not make ourselves put ourselves in a spot that we end up being desperate. Yeah, after this, you got the button, and you got all kinds of hands coming up, and there's just no reason to to, to force yourself into something. So let's just fold. All right, our hero says, ordinarily I'd fold, but since this is hand of the week. <laughs> yeah. uh, he says, no, ordinarily I would fold, uh, but since it's folding me in a small blind, it's not a terrible hand at a discount, so I call. Uh, big blind checks. Okay. Flop comes seven of clubs, eight of clubs, seven of hearts, and we are first act. Hmm. All right, so um, obviously we flop trips, and we even have backdoor straights. Um I don't know. I'd probably get tricky and just check. You know, I mean, I, I again, you're you don't know what this guy has, so you you are giving him a free chance to hit. If you bet, you might not get value for the one time you flop trips, and I certainly don't want anyone telling me that I want to get out of this hand quickly when I could maximize the value. So, I don't know. I think I might check. Believe it or not, really interesting choices here. I think. Um, uh... The argument I can make for checking is to induce a bet and then be able to come over the top or or at least find out how confident he is. Um, the danger, obviously, is if it checks behind and then a um, club comes, then uh, you know, a non-10 club comes, then um, now, you're, now you don't know how good you are anymore, right? Because um, we have no information on a big blind. Um, uh, betting, I mean, again, I don't know what's in the pot now. Um well, he limped, so sixty-four, and then the and then the three thousand, so yeah, basically ten grand. Yeah, so um, you know, I don't know what that your bet is at that point. Um, if if he didn't hit anything, which is most likely, you bet anything here and it goes away. Um, again, uh, not to get John upset, but that's not a bad thing. We've we've, we've made money off a of hand we shouldn't have been in. 
Um, but this is a little stronger than I think some of the hands that John had mentioned earlier. So um, I do I do want to get him involved in in, in with a lesser hand. So um, I don't know. I think I'm right. I, I think you're right. I'm going to check here and hope he he shows some interest in this hand. Oh. Yeah. The scary thing is if an eight comes, then we've got the bottom boat. And the right. guy could easily just have top pair, and that's why he's engaged in this hand. Uh, if a six comes, a straight can get there because he's in the big blind. So he could have had, you know, four, five, or nine, five. It doesn't matter because any, you know, I mean, it'll give us a straight draw. But, you know, the next card is key here. So, um, but I don't mind if he wants to try to steal it from us, then we can check raise, or we could just call it, look like we're drawing and we're not. So let's hope an eight doesn't come. And let's just hope he bets something small. And we call again. And the other thing you have to keep in mind too is you're, you're, these hands are more vulnerable with more players in them. So we are heads up right now. So I'm I'm feeling really good about my seven, my trip sevens uh, being the best hand at the end, regardless of what comes here. So yeah. I think in my mind right now, I've already committed my stack in some way. It's just a matter of how the best way to get his stack with it. So. Um, so yeah, so I you know I'm invested in his hand. I mean, this was a good flop for us. So I'm invested in his hand with my less than seventeen big blinds now. So okay. All right, here says bingo trips. I'm not thrown with a straight and flush draws, so I check. Of course, if I bet, would he even call? Uh, our opponent checks, so it checks. All right, double check. Double check. Ugh. All right, the turn is the ten of clubs. Oh, nice. Uh, so our board now seven of clubs, eight of clubs, seven of hearts, ten of clubs. So obviously the straight and flush gets there, but uh, we've improved to a full house, and we are first act. Well, the thing here now it's 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 the decision that makes it for you. It, is it you show patience and check again because you're playing Scott Long and he only check it around twice, or <laughs> is it you bet now because it's going to look like you're trying to steal it, and then he might actually have hit one of these cards and or whatever. So. It really depends on your read. If you don't have a read, I feel like I need to get value for this hand at some point. I can't wait another street and then just get 4,000 chips from this guy. So i got to put something out there. Maybe I'll make it small so it looks like I'm trying to steal it. Maybe make it like 3,000 or something. You know, just something, you know, like the the big blind, whatever, the 3,200. So maybe like 4,000 or something just to make it look like I'm just trying to take it away and move on and then this guy's like oh yeah well i've got an eight and i'm shoving or i have ace 10 and so um i think that's what i'm gonna do i'm trying to entice him with something if i knew the guy would bet i would check but it's so hard to know and then you only have one street left to try to make money you know and then with your luck another another 10 will come or something you know and then he'll have a random 10 and then he'll split the pot or some crap like that or he'll have 10 8 you know so I think you got to put some money out there now. Let's make it a smallish bet, like a third of the pot. Yeah, I definitely agree with a small. We need a bet here. The thing is, is that um, you know normally if you have a big hand like this, you want to let somebody catch up. But there's nothing that this that's going to allow them to catch up at this point that that you can beat at that point. So um, at this point, I mean, now's the time for us to get some value, and we have to hope that he has something. So let's make a small bet. Hope it gets called. Uh, be fantastic if it gets raised, um, but we, we got to bet now. And um, so, you know, if he folds now, it, 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 we weren't losing any value because he wasn't going to get anything on the river that made him call. I don't think so. And the back of my mind, it is hand of the week. The back of my mind is straight flush possibilities. That's yeah, <laughs> yes. he's, he's, got, 
You know, but I don't want to uh, spoiler alert because I don't know the end. But I'm just saying that's scary to me. But all right, let's go. Okay. Uh, here it says I don't want to scare off uh, my one customer, so I make a small two x bet of thirty two hundred, and it's called. All right, so you said 2X, but you said the blinds were 1,600, 3,200, right? Uh, I could have been wrong on that. Yep, it is 1,600, 3,200. So, yeah, I guess that's one big blind. So. All right, so you just makes a regular bet, and we got a call. All right, so small bet and a call. Okay. All right, the river is the nine of hearts. So our final board is seven of clubs, eight of clubs, seven of hearts, ten of clubs, nine of hearts. And once again, we are first act. Yeah, I mean, that's a really cool card for us. If this guy is a random jack. He might think he's good. Random six, he might think he's good. So I'm going to make a normal bet now. So whatever a normal bet would be, I'm losing track of what what's actually in the pot. It's like 16,000. We have 64, we have 12, 8 plus the... I mean, at this point, I mean, the only reasonable bet to me is, I think, whatever we have left. But I could be wrong on that. Um, well, hang on. So let's... The, the pot itself was ten, about ten grand when we got to the flop. We didn't get anything on the flop. So then the turn, we bet... Three thousand. He calls. That's six. That's still only sixteen thousand. Oh we yeah, have, I'm sorry. We started with sixty-two thousand. Yeah, turns on big blinds rather than chips. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. So I, I'm thinking I'm going to make some sort of half pot bet or third of the pot. So well, let's see. I would say like ten, twelve grand or something. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Okay. Okay. Our hero says uh, now there are more ways for a straight to have gotten there. Uh, sure, I suppose you could have eight, eight, nine, nine, or ten, ten for a bigger boat. Uh, hell, he could even have a straight flush, but I can't let those things worry me. Uh, I bet a reasonable amount, but small enough to give this guy the option to raise. He decides on a bet of 9600 Yeah. Their opponent calls and um, doesn't show, but obviously because it's poker stars, you can see he had the ten of spades, four of hearts. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was worried about was another ten coming and then just splitting the pot. Um, oh, no, he wouldn't have split the pot. I was thinking it was... Yeah, it would have been tens full of sevens instead. It would have reversed it on us and we split the pot. So, wow. So this guy, yeah. I mean, this totally makes sense. It, it, I don't think there's anything abnormal in this hand at all. Yeah, so he, his question was, did, did this guy really think his two pair might be good? And he says, I guess I'm glad I, I checked the flop. Yeah. Um, yeah, he definitely would have gone um, kind of way with the bet on the flop. Um but then, you know, again, that's what I'm saying. Uh, we said this from the beginning. It's, you know, your head's up at this point. So hands, weaker hands are more magnified now because you don't have three people draw into a flush or straights or anything like that. So, you know, it's the interesting thing. And in, in all those heads up tournaments I always play at Thunder Valley every year that you start to see that, you know, a, a pair is actually pretty strong heads up. Yeah. Um, especially top pair, which is what was here. So, um so yeah, to answer his question, yeah, I think he, you know, it, it was kind of a uh, milk toast of a hand in terms of action. So I would, I would think my ten is good. Now, what what I think is difficult for him is so he ended up losing a lot, uh, what a half a stack probably, yeah, maybe close to it. Um, on this. So again, it's a lesson, and when you're down that short, you need to really consider whether you want to be in these hand-to-hand combats with weak hands that have a little piece of it because uh, those chips are going to be way more valuable when you either have position or um, a stronger hand. Now, obviously, our opponent had position on us here, 
but uh, blinds versus blinds. I mean, there's a reason they call them blinds. It's not just because <laughs> you're putting your money in before you see your cards. It's like you really are like dumb and blind playing these. You know, it's really hard to put people on hands uh, when it's just the two of you in the blinds. Yeah, so. I, I don't see this guy making any mistake here, really. If you think about it, he saw a flop for free. It was not his choice to be in this hand. When that guy, our guy checked, he said, yeah, I got crap. I'm checking. <laughs> then he hits top pair. And he's like, okay, now it looks like you're stealing because you made a little bet. And you're like, okay, well, I hit top pair. I don't think I can fold for top pair. Then a nine comes. Now, at that point, yeah, he could say, oh, maybe you've got a six or maybe you've got a jack. But I still have top pair, blind versus blind, and it felt like you were stealing. And if you now hit the nine, you might still think you're good. So my ten might beat your nine. And if you have some random hand like ten-six, we still split the pot because it's ten, you know, tens and sevens with a nine kicker so i don't really fault him that 9600 call might be tough to swallow yeah i think that if i'm going to make a criticism of him that would be it there um but i think in the moment now you're you're looking at uh you kind of lose track of that i think because you've really only invested that one bet i mean that 3200 was a single bet right a single yeah. big blind so now it's a couple more, and again, uh, those chips, if you win that pot, are super valuable to us. So, you know, if, if he felt, he must have felt that our uh, our hero here was, was betting light and just trying to steal a pot in a blind versus blind thing. So I probably wouldn't have called it just because I'm much more laser-focused on my number of big blinds in these situations, but uh, it's, it's not an outlandish call. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I don't think it's outlandish. I think it's borderline, like you said. And and if like you said, if he wins that hand, you know, if our guy was bluffing or just overvalued a ten eight, you know, tens and eights. I mean, then boom, you know, we're chip leader at the table, and now we control things. And so I don't I don't really fault him too much, other than that was borderline at the end. But uh, yeah, I think and I think we we played it since we played the hand. I think we played it pretty much the way we should have. You know, I think agreeing with the check on the flop. Because I got him in to hit his hand, I got him to improve enough, and then it gave us the boat. So then we made a small enough bet to keep him on the line. Um, and that nine could have ruined everything for us, and it didn't. And it was shocking that it didn't, but it didn't. And he got probably got max value for that hand, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I don't think you're gonna get much more out of that. So. I'm Chris Casenza, and I'm Scott Long. We'll see you at the tables. Anti Up is a production of AntiUpMagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at antiupmagazine.com or call our hotline at 206-338-6344. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at antiupmagazine.com or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.